0: Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the centre of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Well, it's so good to have you here watching with us online. If you haven't said hello already in the live chat, please do let us know who you are and where you're watching from. Today, I've got the privilege of kicking off something new, Uh, but let me just first ask you, do you pray with faith and with frequency? Do you pray often? I guess if we're honest, the answer at times might be no. Maybe sometimes we feel like we don't really have the kind of faith that we wish we had when we pray. And actually, if we think about how often we pray, maybe it's not very often at all. Let me tell you about some of my own experiences in prayer. Um, I guess I recognize that there are many occasions when my prayers have been pretty shallow and when I've really not prayed, when even I've said to somebody that I would. By the way, just a little aside, now when somebody asks me to pray, I pray for them there and then right away because I don't want to be responsible for forgetting. I want to take that request seriously. Um, I've, I've been in pro meetings where it's been very boring, and I've just wished it would finish. And I'm guessing you have too. In fact, I've got some funny stories that I could tell you. Uh, But let me tell you a couple very quickly. I recall as a young boy uh, being in a Bible class, and Mr. Landos led the Bible class. And this particular evening, Mrs. Smith was the special guest speaker, and she was doing this Bible class with boys and girls. I guess they would have been sort of 8 to 14-year-old kids. And uh, at the end, Mr. Landos asked this boy to pray for Mrs. Smith. And I don't know what he had in him, but he had some confidence. And in that moment, he decided to pray for Mrs. Smith's smelly socks. And I can tell you, he got a sock too, and it wasn't on his feet. Um, I also remember another time, and... uh, It was a lady who was very excited in prayer, praying for the church, praying for the pastor. And at one moment, she prayed that God would put fire into the pastor's loins. And at that moment, I saw my head looking up, and I could see lots of other heads looking up because people were realizing what this woman had just said. And then everybody bowed their heads quickly again because everybody was starting to snicker. So we've all been in these kind of weird, awkward, or... Prayer meetings that we just wished would finish. But that was never what God designed for prayer. There have been moments. I can think of one specifically right now. Actually here in this room where we worship together, one encounter, prayer night. And people just wanted to go on and on in prayer and in worship. It's like we didn't want it to end because people were aware that God was moving if you like, by his spirit in our lives and corporately. And God was speaking to people individually and to us as a church. Those are the moments that I want to hold on to. So today we are starting a new series. It's called Dangerous Prayers. And it's based on a book by Craig Rochelle that you can get a hold of. And you might find that there's a number of things in the book that will help you connect uh, with our messages over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, our heart is that we would be people who don't hold back in prayer. And my message today is make me bold. God, make me bold. Let me ask you, is it possible that your prayers are too safe? Is it possible that your prayers are too focused on self when you come to pray? And is it possible that your prayers are maybe just a bit too general and fluffy? Well, I'm going to try and address some of those issues today. You know, prayer is really a conversation with God. It's you and I talking to God and it's you and I listening to God because he talks to us if we're willing to listen. And you know that prayer moves the heart of God. Prayer is not some kind of opportunity for you and I to come begging to God, hoping that he'll somehow pay attention. No, he's listening as you pray. And praying dangerous prayers, as this series is called, moves you out of apathy and complacency and into boldly trusting God. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at three different kinds of prayers. Today, I'm introducing the series, but then after that, we'll be looking at prayers where you could say the message is, God, search me, search me, God. Then we'll also be looking at prayers that are expressing, God, break me. That's a dangerous prayer, if ever there was one. And then we'll also be looking at prayers where the sentiment is, God, send me. So search me, break me and send me. So let me set the scene for today's passage of scripture. I'm reading from Acts chapter 4 verses 23 to 31. And what's happening here is that the apostles, Peter and John, have gone up to the temple to pray. And as they are on their way, they pass a lame man by the side of the road and he, he's begging. He, he's begging for money. But they look at him and they say, we don't have any money. But actually we've got something even better in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And do you know what he does? Just like they were following in the footsteps of Jesus, they were able to pray and see that man healed in the name of Jesus. And of course that causes a stir in the city because I guess Jerusalem would have been very aware of what Jesus had done when he was there. And now, weeks perhaps months later, This man, this lame man has been healed too. Is this another Jesus? Well, actually, Jesus really was alive and he was working powerfully by his spirit through the apostles. And so they're then arrested by the temple guards. They're brought before the Jewish leaders and they're told, what are you doing? And then they're told to stop speaking about Jesus. They're threatened And then they're released and they go back to the other believers. And when they gather together, this is where we continue our story. So Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Thank you, Father, for your holy word. And we choose to submit to it. Help us now by your spirit to understand and apply it to our lives. Amen. So, number one, in prayer, choose to be bold. Choose to be bold. When they gathered together with the believers, Peter and John, that is, it says, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Verse 24, they raise their voice together in prayer to God. You know, you can respond with fear to your situation. That's the easy response, right? You and I, we become aware that this situation is just too big for us. We don't have the resources or the ability or even the will to see it through. And so we respond in fear. Maybe it's a bill that comes through and you realize you're going to struggle to pay it. Maybe it's, A child of yours who's getting ignored or bullied by friends and and you're anxious and you don't know what to do. Maybe a doctor's referred you to the hospital for some further tests. Or maybe you've just recently touched a surface and now you're scared that you're going to get coronavirus. You know, there are always reasons for you and I to be afraid, to be fearful. But I believe there is a choice for us as believers to be bold every day. You see, the enemy wants you to be afraid, but God has chosen you as his follower to be bold, to live out boldly. So when you pray, choose to be bold. Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous are as bold as a lion, as bold as a lion. And because someone who puts their trust in God has been made righteous through Jesus, that means that boldness is part of who we're supposed to be. It's supposed to be part of our identity as followers of Jesus. People who are bold. Christians should not be known as people who are afraid. People who are bold. I've heard stories before of George Muller. Perhaps you have. He was a man that was used amazingly by God in the late 19th century. He opened many schools and orphanages in the city of Bristol. And you know, he did it In most part, by complete faith, trusting God for the resources, even though he didn't have them. And here's one story of uh, an occasion in the school. Mr. Muller, the house mother, said to George Muller, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. George said, take all the children into the dining room and tell them to sit at the tables. Now, there were around 300 children at this time. He thanked God for the food, and then he told them to sit and wait. (laughs) Imagine if you were in that situation. I mean, there's no food in the table. Would your response be to get the kids to sit down to pray and then trust that somehow the food would just come to the table? Well, listen to the rest of the story. Within minutes, a baker knocked at the door. Mr. Miller, he said, last night, I couldn't sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning, so I got up and baked three batches for you. I'll bring it in. Soon after that, there was a knock at the door. It was a milkman whose um, cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. And the milkman said, the milk is going to go off by the time I get the wheel repaired. Would you like some milk? And so he brought in 10 large cans of milk. Just enough to give to 300 thirsty children. That's a man who was bold. He got the children to sit down and then he prayed the prayer, believing that God would provide, and he did. And you too, in prayer, can choose to be bold. You can choose to push aside fear and choose to be bold. And God gives you the strength to do that. So number one, in prayer, choose to be bold. Number two, in prayer, choose to worship. In verses 24 and 25 of our passage, they prayed, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. You see, they could have started by focusing their prayers on the problems and the the difficulties of their situation. They could have prayed, oh God, the, the, the authorities are against us and they want to kill us and they want to stop us. And oh God, we need your help. They could have chosen to focus in that moment initially on their problems. But what do they do? They start by worshiping God. And I believe that that is such an important place for us to begin in prayer. You see, when you respond in prayer, with worship first, it's like you get perspective. If you've ever had the the privilege of of seeing a drone uh, in operation and holding the controls of the drone and you see the, the screen, so the drone is carrying a camera and as the drone rises up high in the sky, as you're looking at the control pad, you're seeing this incredible new vista, what's well and high above you. And I think that when we come to God in prayer and start with worship, it's like we get a heavenly perspective. You see, you can be looking at your situation and all you're seeing is that, but actually when you get a heavenly perspective, you rise high above it and you see everything else that God's got in the picture. And so for you and I, I want to ask you, are your eyes down or are your eyes up? When your eyes are up, I think you're worshiping. I often think of a man called David Lott, who some of you will know. He served here in this church as an elder for many years. And one thing that I remember about David was the way that he prayed. He prayed with his head and his eyes up. And he always poured out his heart in worship to God when he began. And there's something about that. There's something about the lifting of the eyes. Now, is it right to bow our heads in prayer? Absolutely. That's a good practice. It's a a sign of submitting ourselves to God, of humbling ourselves. And also it can just help us focus. But actually when we lift our eyes, it's kind of like the physical raising of our head and our eyes is also speaking of something internal. God, my perspective is higher. I'm giving you my worship first. I'm not focusing initially on the situation. So are your eyes up? Or are your eyes down? Psalm 1, 2, 3, verses 1 says, I lift up my eyes to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven. I pray that you and I would be people that always start with God in a place of worship. That's why when we come together as a church, we start together by by singing songs of worship. These songs are simply vehicles to help us Take our eyes off our situations and our, even our realities and lift them up to God so that we get heavenly perspective. So number two, in prayer, choose to worship. Number three, in prayer, choose to be specific. Verses 29 to 30 of Acts chapter four, they spoke these words. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, they could have just prayed quite generally and quite safely. They could have just said, oh, God, protect us. And God, we pray that your will would be done. And uh, God, would you bring good out of the situation? Now, these words are not wrong, but sometimes that kind of approach is really an escape from very specifically bringing the needs to God. And you see, what they did in that situation was they prayed very specifically. They prayed for courage to be bold in witnessing for Jesus. They said, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And then they prayed for healings and miracles to break out just like they had seen Jesus do during his ministry. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. So they chose to pray specifically when my wife rachel and i were first married we felt god speak to us about taking a time to train in ministry and in mission and it would involve us going abroad for about six months it involved us raising a lot of money thousands of pounds Uh, It involved us trying to rent out our flat that we had just bought. It didn't seem to make sense in the natural, but we really believed God was in it. And so we prayed specifically. We said, God, would you provide all the finance that's needed at least a month before we go? And God, would you provide someone to rent our flat? Well, we had an amazing provision of, I think, probably about 70 to 80% of the funds we needed. And uh, we were so grateful for that we thought okay there's still a bit to go but we're trusting you god almost exactly a month before we went we had an anonymous envelope posted through our door and you know what it was just enough to cover the whole amount. God it was incredible. And then four days, I'm kind of sad that we didn't ask God for a bit more of a timeline on the house renting. But four days before we were due to leave, somebody agreed to rent our flat. You see, we prayed specifically and then just waited and trusted on God to do it. And praying specific prayers means that God, your father in heaven, hears what it is that you're longing for. In 1 John chapter 5, we read these words. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God hears your prayer as you pray in his will. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Hmm. So in conclusion, before we come to pray, let me just remind you what we've focused on together in prayer First of all, number one, choose to be bold. Choose to be bold. Keep saying no to fear. And it's gonna be probably a daily decision to say no to fear, especially if fear has had a big part in your life. And it's choosing to say, God, I'm choosing boldness because the righteous are as bold as a lion. Believing that God can even do the seemingly impossible. Number two, in prayer, choose to worship. Choose to worship. Start in your prayer by giving glory to God. Lift your eyes up, Rather than having your eyes on the situation, get a heavenly perspective. And number three, in prayer, choose to be specific. Bring those specific requests to God. Don't just pray generally, because God loves to hear the longing of your heart. And you know what? Your heavenly Father wants to give good gifts to you, His children. I want to give you an opportunity now to respond to God in prayer. Perhaps you have never made a personal decision to say, God, I'm choosing to put my trust in you. Well, you can do that. You see, God sent his son Jesus to live on this earth, and then he died a very cruel death on the cross, but that death was not meaningless. You see, you and I are, each of us, people who sin. We we do things that that break God's heart. But you see, when we are willing to come to God through Jesus, Jesus' death on the cross deals with our sin for all time. And that means that we can know that we're forgiven and that we have eternal life. And that's the privilege that we have when we put our trust in him, that we will enjoy life with him now and we will enjoy life with him forever. And I want to invite you now, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, this will be the start of an incredible adventure. It will be challenging very often, but can I say a life with Jesus will always be full of hope, hope for now and hope for your future in heaven. A life without Jesus will continue to be a struggle. Even though struggles are the reality of the Christian's life, a life without Jesus means that you struggle on your own. God never meant it to be that way. So would you put your trust in Jesus today? Would you choose to be bold and put your trust in him? Let's pray. And if you'd like to join me, then speak this prayer out right now. God, I come to you realizing how much I need you. I believe Jesus died to take my sin. And I ask boldly for you to forgive me. I decide to live differently now, making Jesus my Lord. I worship you as the God who raised him from the dead by your Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill me now with Holy Spirit so that I can live for you and be with you forever. Amen. If you spoke that prayer out, then do you know what? Heaven rejoices. That's what God's word says. Heaven rejoices that you have made that decision to put your trust in Jesus. And we want to rejoice with you too. And I want to invite you now to, to go to our website. And you'll see a link on the screen now that will help you connect with us. And that's so important because you can't live this life as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian on your own. It was never meant to be that way. And so I want to encourage you, connect uh, via our website, and we would love to get in touch with you and help you on your journey. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.